Eight minutes to nine. This is Money Talk with James Ross and uh, time for our view from Japan. And uh, this morning, uh, let's say good morning to John Byrne, uh, Vice Chair of Research at the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. Good morning, John. Good morning, James. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Nice to have you on the show. Uh, we've been hearing this morning that wholesale inflation in Japan slowed below uh, 1% for the first time in two years. I'm wondering whether that's an indicator that things are looking up in Japan. Well, it's a good point. Yes, wholesale inflation has uh, dropped a little, but I think that consumer price inflation still remains above the target. Um, so I think it's sort of good and bad news. It depends on whether this um, wholesale inflation would feed through to a, a lowering of um, inflation on the consumer side. And it, it certainly creates challenges for the central bank in terms of how it should progress in terms of uh, the monetary policy outlook. Tell us about this ultra-easy policy that the Bank of Japan uh, is likely to ease. For those people who are not familiar, you know, how does this compare with what uh, goes on in the rest of the world, for instance, perhaps what's, uh, what the Fed's doing? Yes, well, you know, in the US uh, and the other parts of advanced economies, inflation has been much more um, amplified due to the tensions that we've seen over the past couple of years. And what this has meant is that interest rates have been much higher in these economies compared to Japan. Japan, of course, over the last decades has been having the opposite um, effect as regards the price outlook with even deflation in some years. Um, and the level of inflation, although it's above the target at around 3%, it's still much lower um, than can be observed in the US, for example. And as a result of that, the, the Japanese economy has not had high interest rates relative to, to those other economies, in particular the Fed. And it's really the implication of this yield differential between the Fed and the Bank of Japan, which is having the exchange rate effect that we've seen on the yen uh, for the past 18 months or, or a little bit longer than that, where, whereby it's been depreciating quite sharply. Yeah, I mean, the Japanese yen uh, rising sharply against the dollar overnight at uh, you know a time perhaps when traders are on red alert for signs of currency interventions by Japanese authorities. Uh, currently standing at 151.72. Uh, is the government likely to take action on the yen? You know, it's something that is being monitored closely. I think the problem in the case of Japan is that, you know, that the level of the yen is really driven by what's happening in the U.S., and in the U.S., we're seeing that inflation is remaining a little bit more sticky, um, which implies that interest rates in the U.S. will remain at that high level and perhaps for a longer duration. Um, so, of course, you know, um, the, the level of the yen is something that is being looked at closely. Um, what's important to remember is that ultimately uh, what's interested um, from, from the perspective of uh, policymakers is to generate domestic demand-driven inflation. And at the moment, it still seems to be driven by um, supply-side factors. Although, as you said earlier, this wholesale price inflation has come down a little bit, which, which is a positive sign in that regard. I guess, uh, as far as the yen is concerned, there are positives and, uh, and negatives. I was just recently in Tokyo uh, for a few days, and one thing I noticed uh, that uh, my Hong Kong dollar uh, goes a lot further in uh, Tokyo at the moment. Uh, you know, traditionally prices in Japan have seemed expensive, but I can't say they were they were expensive this time. So perhaps that could lead to uh, a boom in tourism. 
That's right, yeah. This is something that we've seen um, in recent months. So, of course, you know, a weakness in the end will generate uh, higher levels of tourism, higher tourism revenue. And this can also spill over to the domestic economy in terms of service sector employment, for example. There can also be some implications for flows of inward investment, um, which we have seen uh, some evidence of, of recently. Um, and also, of course, the depreciation of the yen helps exports. But, you know, what's really important to take into account is that domestic demand-driven inflation is something that um, still seems some way um, away. Um, and this is really because of the uh, inflation uh, situation in Japan, which even at 3%, one might think that's quite low. But for Japan, that's actually quite a high level. Just turning to the stock market uh, for a moment and uh, corporate profits having some impact on uh, on stock prices. You know, we've seen uh, stories around a downturn by Sony, uh, also by SoftBank in the wake of its investments in uh, in WeWork around the world. Uh, SoftBank are not in a great state at the moment. What, what are sort of the outlook, would you say, for uh, corporate profits and the stock market? You know, corporate profitability has largely remained strong and resilient uh, during this year and this has been helped by the post-pandemic recovery on the one hand as well as the weaker yen which has boosted overseas earnings when translated back into yen terms so i think that profitability has um has been helped as a result of those factors and you know looking a bit forward you know if we focus on the banking sector for example any tweak in monetary policy towards tightening would also um help with profitability, particularly on the banking sector. But again, you know, as I said earlier, the real issue is about um, domestic demand-driven inflation and, and how that corporate profitability would feed through to other parts of the real economy. And, you know, underlying that would be what happens with uh, nominal wages in the first quarter of next year. And, and that's something that uh, is a really important factor for both the inflation outlook and the economic outlook. And just finally, before we leave you, um, Japan's still really coming out of COVID. And uh, I saw a survey that said 79% of people will attend end-of-year parties now that COVID is over. Um, just briefly, you're optimistic generally, would you say, uh, amongst the Japanese population, John? I mean, it seems to be something that has disappeared. I think, um, you know, people are obviously still quite cautious in terms of wearing masks when necessary, but... Um, you know, COVID, especially since the airports have opened up fully, um, does not seem to be something that is uh, it's obvious when one is walking around Tokyo, for example. Right. Uh, John Byrne is Vice Chair of Research at the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. Thanks, John, for joining us this morning on Money Talk.